0: be damned if the same politicians who refuse to act then are going to try to come back today. The
1: real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. A system of justice will be the richer for diversity of background and experience. She's a woman! Oh, this is a different mic. Oh. Anyway, hello everybody. It's me, Miss Cracker. I'm here with my co pilot, Caitlin, and it's time for She's a Woman. It's a podcast for every human being who looks into the mirror and says, She's a woman! and for the people who love them. Every week we talk to incredible women of all kinds from all walks of life and invite them to share those stories with you, our incredible listeners. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. Caitlin, today we're trapped in a blizzard. Are you thrilled out of your mind?
2: I'm thrilled. I love the snow. And I just, I love like being trapped inside, being cozy and looking at the snow. Even after a full year of quarantine.
1: I know. You know what I
2: mean? You would think I wouldn't like it as much being trapped inside. But still, I think it's so beautiful. Right.
1: It makes the world a whole new place. It feels yeah. like you're visiting a different country because you're like, it's a whole new world now. I there. know.
2: I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in Europe every time it snows, even though it snowed my whole light even before I ever went to Europe. You know what I mean? But uh, somehow...
1: Her spirit is awakened by snow. I she am.
2: Was- I'm, it puts me in a better mood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway, I want to dive right into our serious groundbreaking interview, Caitlin. But first, I have a little treat for you. Every week, people, we have a little segment called Here's the Good News, where we share positive stories torn from the headlines. <laughs> what accent <laughs> is that? I don't know. <laughs> torn from the headlines. The idea is that they'll bring you, our listeners, a little hope during these difficult times and this week our news is all about fantasy, darling. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Fantasy can be important. Here's what I mean. During these nightmare times, a lot of us are stuck at home feeling like there's nothing we can do. We can't go out to work, eat at restaurants, hit the bars, check out the library. Hello, we're literate too, we do that make new friends, see family or even be there for loved ones that really need us. But if there is something we can do. We can look forward to doing all of those things again one day. We can fantasize about a better life coming to us, and the act of fantasizing will actually help. Like how much of your day do you spend like fantasizing about a great future versus dreading the bad things that may come?
2: How much time do I spend fantasizing versus dreading? Yeah. I don't know. I have anxiety, so I feel like I'm a big focus on the dread person.
1: Oh, absolutely. The way I put it is like that phrase, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Every time something even remotely good happens, I'm like, oh, something bad is going to happen out of this. Yeah. You know?
2: I feel like I do fantasize about
1: things I want to do, though. And that's good. That's a good thing. According to the New York Times, hours spent fantasizing and daydreaming about future plans are valuable. The important thing about imagination is that it gives you optimism, (laughs) says Martin Seligman, a professor of psychology at the University of Pennsylvania and the director of the Positive Psychology Center there. Imagination allows people to escape routine and cultivate hope and resilience. And because of this, it helps them live a better life, which Dr. Seligman has found is greatly influenced by positive thinking. Essentially, when you can't do anything else, imagining a better future can help you stay afloat mentally and help you make it through.
2: So all those people that we always make fun of that are like manifest your own destiny. Yeah. Positive thinking leads to positive things happening. They're like onto something.
1: I mean, they're onto (laughs) something. I think there's a lot of like privilege in imagining that if you think it, it will happen because I mean, you and I live, we live in a first world country and there's so much opportunity all around us. Of course, like if I think, Oh, I'm going to get a job. I have this huge opportunity to get a job here. Yeah. However, it just goes to show that you can make your mental health better if you think more positively. It may not make good things happen. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't think you need the product of a really great outcome. I think you just need to be able to soothe yourself along the way when you're going through something challenging.
2: Are you a fantasizer?
1: No, I'm just exactly (laughs) like you. I am just like... Every time I wake up in the morning, I'm like, what fresh hell. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean?
2: I do think I'm good at, like, entertaining myself with thoughts as an only child who grew up trying to kind of, like, Creating their own stories or whatever.
1: I can definitely create my own
2: worlds in my head with not a lot of things around me, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so I'm telling you, that's a good thing today. (laughs) I think this is good news because it makes me feel a little less helpless. It gives me something that I can actually actively do to make my life better. And it makes me want to take all the hours I spend worrying and turn them upside down into spending them on something more productive. So I guess that goes along with my New Year's resolution.
2: That's right, Right? only optimistic thoughts.
1: Yeah, I even have a hot pink diary that says Think Happy on the front cover, and I'm just like, it was a gift from a fan, Emily Hubbard.
2: They knew you would need it, I can't believe you remember Oh my god,
1: yeah, (laughs) Emily (laughs) Hubbard. She was like, when I need a break, I just write and think happy, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it in 2021. Anyway, enough about that, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back back okay we're back now before we continue let me say this if you enjoy your time with us today make sure to subscribe to the podcast rate it and review it we love reviews and I like can't overstate that right Caitlin (laughs) we love it
2: we want if you're listening stop listening and go review first oh you can come back
1: then you can come back because we love it Give us stars. We, like, live off of validation. That's (laughs) why we are who we are. We love reviews so much, in fact, that we're going to read some of our favorite reviews at the end of the show. So, submit, and we will return the favor. Anyway... I'm very excited about our interview today, Caitlin. We have a guest that is, I think, perfect for the show. So I was talking to my mother and sister about the podcast, and they were like, there's so little focus on women's health, wouldn't it be great to have an incredible woman talk to listeners about key things women should hear and know? And I was like, um, yes. So we reached out to our amazing doctor friend, Desmond Sutton, who we love. Yes, we have
2: doctor friends. We have
1: doctor (laughs) friends. Mom, I have doctor friends. (laughs) And he led us to today's incredible guest. So let's dive in noelia zork md is a maternal fetal medicine specialist at columbia university irving medical center essentially her job is to support women through the entire journey when they might be facing a challenging or risky pregnancy in addition to prenatal diagnosis and ultrasound dr zork's clinical interests include diabetes and in pregnancy obesity and nutrition in pregnancy and preterm labor. But today, she's joined us to talk about her story and more broadly about women's health at this challenging time. Dr. Noelia Zorc, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good, thank you so much for having me.
1: Have you survived the snowstorm? Okay.
0: I did. I did. Yesterday wasn't so bad um, getting to work, but today was actually a little harder. And you know in New yeah. York it's it's um, always tough, like the corners that get really slushy and like avoiding yes. the puddles. Yeah, um, That was today. So
1: I have hot pink rainbows which make it all worth it and I've been stomping around in those. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just trying not to drown is the thing on that second day. <laughs> but there are many other bigger disasters going on all the time since it's 2020 slash 2021 and first of all i want to thank you so much for being on the front lines and caring for people in these difficult times can you talk a little about your work and how it has changed over the last year because of the way that everything is.
0: Last spring, when we went into lockdown, we definitely transitioned more to doing more video visits and more telehealth. So I think that's like the, the main way that kind of our delivery of care has changed over the last year you know, we're seeing a lot of patients who are having a lot of anxiety around the, the COVID pandemic. And so just making sure that they're getting plugged in with kind of mental health, you know, that's been one thing that I've been noticing more recently. But but I would say kind of the biggest change in regular practice has been kind of transitioning to, to more telehealth initiatives.
1: What does that feel like? Do you feel like it is more difficult to make that connection when you have to do telehealth? Because I wonder when you're in the room with somebody, you get a sense of how they're doing in this really holistic way. Do you feel like it's a huge challenge to do telehealth?
0: Actually, I I almost feel like um, you connect more with people in telehealth weirdly because like you see them when they're most comfortable, like they're in their home. Like usually if they have kids at home, the kids are around, their partners around. So you get to kind of meet the family, you meet dogs and cats. And I I feel the patients are just more comfortable in their home. Like today, you know, given the snowstorm, most of my visits were on video. And so, you know, I think people just feel more comfortable in their home. So I, I, I don't, I don't feel like it's that hard to connect with people. I mean, we do it all the time. Like, you know, we're kind of used to like FaceTime. Like we've been doing that for a long time and talking to our families even before COVID. So I I didn't find any difficulty connecting with patients. And it's just so convenient. Like they can do it in their car before they go to work. They can do it while they watch the kids. Like it's just, it's more convenient for them. And so if the visits are convenient for patients, ultimately that ends up, kind of benefiting them.
1: So do you feel like as we climb out of all of this slowly and in a raggedy way, that those visits will become more and more a part of what it means to check in?
0: Well, I can tell you, even before COVID happened, we were already doing like telehealth visits, especially like with what I do, which is a lot of kind of diabetes, like management of diabetes in pregnancy, that's mostly just like counseling. And so it's a conversation, which lends itself very easily to doing that over the video. So I definitely think like, we're definitely going to retain a lot of this after the pandemic is done, especially for, you know, if a patient doesn't need to have, you know, vitals taken, or it's like a quick check in, I definitely think even worldwide, we're all moving in that direction anyway, and and realizing that it's really beneficial in, in many different ways.
1: Well, that's where you are right now as part of your work with women of all kinds. But one of the big parts of this podcast for me is telling the stories of incredible women from the very beginning. And while we were emailing, you told me that you were inspired to be a doctor by your mother. So I kind of want to rewind back to the beginning. And I was wondering if you could tell us about that, because I think that's an amazing story
0: yeah, so I would say like, you know, I looked up to my mom in a lot of in a lot of ways, and she definitely kind of inspired me to go into medicine and, and in particular into women's health. My mom, you know, I was born in Argentina. We came here when I was like three years old. But my mom, like, you know, born and raised in Argentina, graduated high school. She was always a really good student, always got straight A's, but graduated high school with like an art education concentration. and it was basically like, for practical reasons. Like she grew up poor, she wanted to learn how to make like bowls and plates in her ceramics class, just to like use them in the house. So she didn't end up ever being like an art teacher. And she was basically like a stay-at-home mom. And then when I was three years old, we moved to the States. And my dad like sold books from door to door as a way to, you know, earn a living. And my mom would just like work odd jobs that didn't require you to speak English. Like she worked in like a pizza shop. She worked as a housekeeper like she worked in a cafeteria she worked in a in a furniture factory so a lot of kind of odd jobs and then you know and eventually like she learned english and then like we moved to arizona this like small town in arizona and there weren't any jobs there and she was like you know i think i'm gonna go back to school like i well i want to go to college i you know she'd never been to college before she wanted to go to college and she because she's a good student she she did well in school and got A's. And she eventually like she, you know, drove two hours uh, there and back to go to college to earn her bachelor's degree. And at that point, when, when she went to college, I was 10 years old. And then she eventually went to medical school. And so when I was in high school, she was in medical school. And after school, like my high school was close to where my mom went to school. And so my, my brother and me would kind of leave school and go hang out with my mom in the medical school library, just like looking at random books on like rashes or like uh, learn about anatomy, <laughs> all kinds of different things that we were exposed to and just waiting for her to be done with school so that she could take us home. That's when kind of it, it started. And I will say like once I went to college she she did um, residency in obstetrics and gynecology. Um, and that's when I started really thinking about doing OBGYN like her, just kind of hearing the stories she would come home from work whenever I was whenever I was home for like school vacation, just hearing the things that she would do at work really kinda of gave me I guess, the bug to become an OBGYN later on in life. And I will say, like, along the way, she, a lot of people told her that it couldn't be done. Like, um, they made her feel bad, like she was like shirking her responsibility to her husband and her children. Like in our small town, there was, you know, in our community, a lot of people who thought thought very traditionally about gender roles in the household. And so there was a lot of people along the way that told her, like, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. You can't do it. Or you're a bad mom for doing this." But she just like kept moving forward. And so kind of, you know, I learned from her not to... To listen to the noise and not to listen to people who are kind of trying to bring you down and just like move forward.
1: And did she teach you not to listen to people who thought there were limitations on what women can do?
0: Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And that's something I'm teaching my own daughters about that. For sure. There was never, you know, there was never a situation where I wanted to do something and my parents didn't think it was something I, I should be, you know, doing as long as it was like you know safe <laughs> but it's interesting to, to to watch like your mother be in school when you're a child saturday night would roll around and we'd we'd be like oh let's hang out let's watch a movie and she would be like sorry guys a I, I can't i have a test on monday like i got to study and so yeah. it just it was like a really good example of of what it looked like to have a goal in mind and work towards that goal and yeah. honestly be disciplined because sometimes it's not fun.
1: Uh, even as a drag queen, I could say that like there's oh, I'm all these sure. <laughs> opportunities to go in as part of the lifestyle and go party and stay out to four in the morning before you get back on the tour bus. And you're like, no, I got to sit here and make this wig or design this outfit. And I think there's such an important lesson in your mom's story That you can realize who you want to be at any time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's not a specific moment. I think a lot of people, especially young people, feel like once high school is coming to an end, you kind of have to figure out what it is and go. Otherwise, it's ruined forever. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can always change course. Like your life isn't like set in stone at all.
1: Do you have advice? Young women and other listeners who maybe at a moment where they're realizing that they want a future in medicine, anything that they should keep in mind as they like think about that dream.
0: In, in order to be to do something like this, like you have to be very patient. So you have to be okay with like delayed gratification because you're in school for so long. And so I think that's like the main quality of people who can kind of get through all the education and the training. Uh, So that's one thing I would recommend kind kind of people look at like within themselves. But then also too, like, you know, for, for everybody, anytime you do anything hard, there's going to be people who are, who are telling you, like, why are you doing that? Like, that's, you know, that's so much hard work. Like, it's so much time. And if it's something that you really want to do, just kind of moving forward and kind of ignoring, ignoring the haters, I guess. (laughs) Not that they're haters, but like, sometimes people want to give advice to younger people, it could be parents or like your friends, and just like focusing on, what you think is best for you. Because pretty commonly, people will try and set limitations on what you can accomplish. And if you listen to them, then then you won't be able to kind of reach the goals that you set for yourself.
1: Now, you specialize in such an incredible area, helping women with challenging pregnancies make it through their journey. And you mentioned that your mom was part of the influence for that. But I was wondering if you knew when there was a moment that you wanted high risk pregnancy to be a part of your area of focus.
0: So initially, when I was a student, I, you know, I saw some complications happen to some some pregnant women. And I was like, this is not for me. Like, this is just saying, like, I don't know if I want to do this. But then I took, you know, kind of did an other rotation, like specifically in high-risk obstetrics, where, you know, they did like a lot of ultrasound and a lot of like counseling of the patients. And then I got to see kind of the more positive side of it. And that's when I started really thinking seriously that that's what I wanted to do. But very early, like I was, you know, it was pretty early in my kind of OBGYN career um, when, yeah. when I kind of said to myself, like, this is something I want to go for, like, and, you know, I don't think I could do anything else.
1: There must be so many like you were saying, emotional moments in your work, especially because it's like, there's just high emotional content. There have to be a lot of incredible rewards and experiences where you're just like, this is why I do what I do. So, Oh, for hey, sure, for sure. Yeah, I was wondering if you could tell me about <laughs> one of your joyful experiences.
0: Oh, I can tell you like so yeah. many stars. The, the best yeah. is when like, the best is when you've had, and this happens quite often. When you have a woman, you know, she comes to me, she had a complication in her last pregnancy that was really scary. It was like something happened with her other pregnancy, and then she gets pregnant again, and she's just like, super nervous that the same thing is going to happen again and it could be like a whole bunch of different things but like I'll I'll give you an example like preterm labor like some women lose a pregnancy when they're really early on and the baby doesn't make it and so with the next one there's certain things that we do with that next pregnancy to hopefully prevent them from having another preterm birth you know with loss of that child and those are always really happy occasions when the first time around things just went horribly wrong but like the second time around because we knew she was at risk of having these complications, we did certain things. And, you know, and then they get to see their, you know, the baby that they had always wanted. That's always really exciting. And so and then that's and that's why kind of we do what we do. Because oftentimes, it's like that it's, you know, you're meeting people in a very, very stressful time in their life, who many of whom have Really been through a lot of kind of trauma, you know, in in previous pregnancies, and then to see them have a successful pregnancy where the mom's healthy and the baby's healthy—I mean, that's super gratifying.
1: Now that I'm thinking about it, your whole career is life-making life, and that's so—it's so incredible. Now. I'm a nice Jewish girl, so (laughs) it's in my blood to dig for free medical advice.
0: (laughs) No worries. Anytime.
1: But this time I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for other people. So I think I have an excuse. Now, as a medical professional who helps women facing challenging pregnancies, I'm sure that you have a whole different view of what pregnancy means and i was wondering what's one thing that you wish every human knew about pregnancy that would help people approach it and think about it differently
0: well i think that women whether they have any like medical problems or, or not, it's always good to talk to your doctor before you plan your pregnancy. Because, you know, they'll, they'll look at your medical history, they'll look at the medications that you're taking, they'll look at your vitals, you know, everything to to, to make sure that that your body is like, you know, ready for pregnancy. Because the work of having a successful pregnancy, a lot of that work is actually before you get pregnant. And it's basically just optimizing any kind of medical problems that you have. So like, if you have like high blood pressure, making sure your blood pressure is well controlled. If you like a lot of what I do is diabetes. So making sure that people with diabetes have good blood sugars before they get pregnant, because that's going to help the pregnancy overall, it's going to help the baby, it's going to help the pregnancy go much better. The things we talk about, like, you know, for kind of, pregnancy preparation or a lot of like basic, basic things like taking a, you know, prenatal vitamin at least a month before conceiving because you want to get like good folic acid levels, you know, in your body that helps to prevent like certain birth defects. You know, like I mentioned, just like making sure that any medical medical problems that you have or medications that you're taking are uh, well controlled and also making sure that the medications that you're taking are safe to use in pregnancy. So just checking on those things.
1: I think there's a real sense that women don't feel listened to in the medical community and that they might not want to talk to a medical professional because they feel like they're not going to be heard. And so as you were talking, I was thinking like how important it is to encourage women to find a place where they do feel heard. Yeah. And
0: sometimes it's just, you know, kind of finding the right fit. Certainly, you know, that can be um, more of a problem in, you know, women who, uh, women of color. And one thing that we do know, if women of color see other providers that are, that are of color, they tend to have better outcomes. So kind of seeking out, you know, providers that are kind of like, you know, have your similar background, I think can sometimes be helpful. But, but it's also just like kind of, you know, trying to f- to to find a, a better fit. I mean it's hard to find like it's it's hard to find doctors sometimes. Like I've definitely even as a doctor myself been to doctors and and felt like nah, I don't know if they were really listening to me. <laughs> Yeah. So, it's definitely, but I think you know, the especially the the younger ones, they're doing a lot more of that type of education in medical school. So, yeah. um, I'm hoping as the years go by, kind of the younger doctors will will kind of listen to their patients more.
1: Is there any misconception people come to you believing is just fact that you wish not just women but everybody knew was false about pregnancy?
0: Honestly, I tell all my patients. Like, for, for pregnancy stuff, Google is not good. I mean, Google has so okay, much. Okay. <laughs> it may be, like, helpful for other ailments, but, like, for pregnancy stuff, you know, all, all these kind of random articles. I can't tell you, like, how much uh, misinformation there is out there about pregnancy. And the patients, like, come back and they're like, I read this one thing about, you know, teas in pregnancy or, or um, I don't know, just, like, a, a bunch of random things that are really not based on like any good data. And, and it like, <laughs> needlessly scares people. So I try no, I and don't. tell my patients to steer clear from Google.
1: I think that in general, for me, I mean, as a hypochondriac, like <sighs> I've just found that a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. And if I were a trained medical professional, and I knew where to look, it would be a whole different thing. But <laughs> Because I'm completely ignorant, like digging around on Google is definitely never gonna lead to the outcome that I wanted to <laughs> all and plus your mind is is built to focus on the most negative things possible. So you just end up terrifying yourself for no reason.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's gotta be a good balance between like educating yourself and learning more about a topic, but then like not scaring yourself into like a panic attack.
1: Now, one of the things that you mentioned while we were emailing a little bit Is that a lot of women who are planning to become pregnant now have questions about COVID and the COVID vaccine? What's something that you think our listeners should know during this challenging time?
0: Yeah, I'm getting a lot of questions from like patients, you know, that I've taken care of in the past who are like planning on getting pregnant and what, you know, about the COVID vaccine. And a lot of them, you know, some of them are. Teachers who, at least uh, in this city, have it available to them. But, but basically, like, the, the main question that people have is, like, is it going to, affect my fertility? Is it something that I should have before I get pregnant? And the, the answer is, you know, the COVID vaccine is safe for people to take and 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 they should get it before getting pregnant. It doesn't affect your fertility whatsoever. It doesn't like yeah. increase the risk of miscarriage. You know, if basically the, the vaccine mimics the same immune response that you would get if you actually got infected with a virus without causing the illness, like yeah. if the vaccine was going to cause people to have issues with fertility then over the last year we would have seen an increase in infertility or miscarriages with like all the right. millions of people infected in this country or you know yeah. around the world yeah. But like in talking to my colleagues in the infertility world, like that's just not the case. Like we're not seeing it, you know, COVID affect long-term fertility or a miscarriage rates. So if it's something that's available to you, getting the COVID vaccine before you get pregnant is definitely a good idea. And, you know, it, it's possibly like it could be even like protective to the newborn because those antibodies are going to be circulating in your system once you're pregnant and, and may get passed over to the baby.
1: Another reason reason that you have full permission to take care of yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, I find that women always kind of put themselves last when they're taking care of their own health. Like They they make sure that the kids are going to their appointments. They make sure that their partners are going to their appointments, and they always seem to kind of put themselves last. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up, that as women, we should prioritize our our own health.
1: As a philosophy question to you, just wondering, why do you think it is that women might put themselves last.
0: I think we're like, I think we're like givers. We tend to be givers and we just want to make sure that, that everyone's healthy and safe around us. So I think that's why, I mean, and and then at the end of the day, like sometimes women just don't have enough time even to, to, to sit back and think about their own health. I think that problem is probably more common in like women who, you know, have kids at home or are right. married or have partners or, or or women who like, you know, take care of their parents, you know, who who are kind of caregivers in some way. Yeah, I, I think I think that we just tend to be givers. Which which tends to be a good thing, but sometimes can be problematic for ourselves.
1: Speaking of putting yourself first, I've been reading about some of your accomplishments and the papers that you've presented and wonderful oh things gosh. that you've done. And I was kind of wondering what's a dream next step for you what's something that you want to see yourself achieve
0: i'd like to kind of expand our diabetes and pregnancy program you know at at our institution like you know i kind of have these dreams of kind of taking over new york city um to be like (laughs) the place to come to to get diabetes care when you're pregnant but kind of like a shorter term goal like we're we're starting kind of a big study um, in April called a Go Moms trial where we're gonna, you know, see what's kind of like a normal blood sugar in pregnancy. And so that's kind of what my focus is right now is just making sure that that gets uh, off the ground and is successful.
1: I want to thank you so so much for joining us today, and you make everything seem so clear.
0: Well, you're you're so welcome. It was just a, a pleasure to sit and talk with you, and just like just so you know, for the record, Miss Cracker, like yes. last spring. Like, you and the other drag queens really helped me get through, like, the the worst part of COVID. I will tell you that, like, I did not watch the news whatsoever. Like, all I did was watch Drag Race. And I watched reruns of Drag Race and like I had no idea what was happening like in the country I just like I'm gonna go to work I'm gonna do my thing I'm gonna come home and I'm gonna watch Drag Race (laughs) like you don't realize like how much good you're doing just by like bringing that joy to people's homes and I think I like for me like that was like a huge thing for me that really helped me kind of kind of keep the positive vibes going and I know like other people like I talked to people who like worked in a like a 911 dispatch and in those like in those dispatch offices like they were also like walking, watching drag race to just kind of get their mind off of the craziness that was happening, you know, locally. So I don't know if you know how much you help people, but, but you really do.
1: Thank you so much. And <laughs> you know, what's funny is it's like, I decided to become a drag queen later in my life. I was not a lot of drag queens now started like 13 or 18 yeah. or, and I started when I was 26 and it was Like your mother, it was like, I was like, oh, you know, it's time for this new chapter in my life. And so I guess like for all of us, you get to find the thing that you're supposed to do at the right moment. And Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I love to hear that what I'm doing is helping other people because I really want to do it. And it feels (laughs) like the right time. And so for everybody who's listening, when you get that call inside yourself to do something, do it. Because even though you may not see how it's going to help other people, you being your absolute self really, really will.
0: Can I also tell you that like, when the patients in COVID, like last spring were freaking out, they would like tell me like, I'm so anxious. I'm so anxious. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, it's too much. I would say like, just turn off the TV and watch Drag Race. Like, well, off the news and watch Drag Race. It's like a good time. Like, you'll be entertained. Yeah. I was like, it was like a prescription. I was prescribing Drag Race to them.
1: Oh, my God. That makes me so happy. Oh, Lord. Well, that was a really inspiring story. I love the story of her mother deciding at, like, later in life than normally people do that she's going to be a doctor. And I, I don't know, it made me really happy.
2: Yeah, and she sounds really smart and really together, which are two things I admire, <laughs> because I'm
1: not. Yeah, yeah, those are two things and, that
2: we are not. Um, yeah, and uh, I feel like I would really trust her to be my doctor Yeah, if I was ever pregnant one day. She sounds like she really has been in the thick of it and knows what she's talking about.
1: And another thing that I really take away from it is that you... Shouldn't wait till you have a problem to see your doctor. You should see your doctor all the time and check in.
2: Yeah. I mean, I do know that, but I'm very much a go to the doctor when there's a problem yeah. type of person, or even sometimes not even that. I'll be like, mm, I can fix it with Tylenol. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough about that. It's time for us to take a little break. We're back. First of all, I want to say this again. If you liked our podcast and you liked your time with us today, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We love reviews. In fact, we love them so much, we're going to read some of our favorite reviews right here at the end of the show. Caitlin, do you have a favorite review this week?
2: I do. Okay, this one says, I listen to a ton of podcasts. And there are many where I feel like we hear the same voices over and over. Not so here. So far, all their guests have been passionate, fascinating women whose voices deserve to be amplified, and I'm here for it. Ms. Cracker is a sensitive and thoughtful interviewer and so respectful of all the guests. Keep up the great work, y'all. Yay! That's a really nice one. That makes me really happy. And I know you love... The compliment of being a good interviewer.
1: Oh, she, because <laughs> I believe that I'm going yeah, to be... Yeah, Barbara Terry, Walters. Yeah, Barbara oh. Walters, Terry Ter- Gross. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, this is a thing. Next step, NPR. Yeah, well, I'll probably yeah. make like $10,000 a year, but I'll be really happy. It's true, yeah. <laughs> and you, Caitlin, are an excellent producer. Because we always Thank have... Thank you. We always have good content, and a lot of it comes from you. So... Enough about that. Don't want to make your head too big, Caitlin. (laughs) And after all, it is time for my favorite part of the show
2: the credits. (laughs) The credits, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Everybody, this podcast was produced by Caitlin Gretham, and then I did it. The cast includes me and also Caitlin, and it is distributed by the amazing Studio 71. So, thank you for joining us today. Make sure to tune in next Monday for another exciting episode. And remember, if you ever feel down, all you have to do is look in the mirror and say, She's She's a a
2: woman!
1: And I'll be with you.
2: I remembered it this time. You did remember! (laughs) Oh, we did it all.
1: And we did it in the snow, too. We can't be stopped. We saved money on an Uber too.
2: We did. Yeah. We should remember that when yeah. times get really tough. Aren't? Oh,
1: absolutely. As if they're not already As if know, if they're not yeah, but... the most tough. <laughs> <laughs>